Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols, and pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right now. There's Corey, there's Ira, they're with Warchant.com. You guys know that already this hour. Brought to you by our friends at Register Sausage. Yay, Register Sausages. Coral, I guess. <laughs> Corey, uh, just, uh, Corey, Corey and Stephanie are like sending me uh, taunting pictures of, the, of uh, Stephanie's concoctions with the Register Sausage. Yeah, she made me a little Eggs Benedict yesterday with some sausage on top. Uh, really good, the jalapeno cheddar. Uh, I should say that uh, on Sunday, went over to Tom Lang's house to watch some of the Bucks game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they cooked up some of the andouille. We gave him some nice. andouille to cook up. And uh, his reaction was, oh, my God. Like, he's like, this is unbelievable, was his reaction. So that if you want to – you, you couldn't get it from a better source than Tom Lang. Who loves sausage more than Tom Lang? <laughs> that sounds I've like – I've said it for years. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. It sounds like Tom Lang's trying to steal our sausage sponsorship is what no, that's not happening. hearing. That's not happening, but I, but I, he was uh, he was very excited and said it was uh, incredible. The Andouille, the Andouille is off the charts, but it's all off the charts. Well, it's a and, good thing. Uh, what also is off the charts, Jeff, is the Ultimate Dad Box, which, again, you know, when we were talking about last night, Stephanie's kind of offended. She feels like the mom should be able to order this package as well, which we agree. We're we're on board with that. Anybody, it's a it's a package for anybody, a gift package for the holidays. It gives you the. Uh, well, you get the whiskey glass, you get the whiskey ball with you know to keep your drink cold. You get the apron, the Register Sausage Registers Meats Company apron, uh, a uh, recipe book for your uh, you can write down your recipes for drinks, and then five pounds of uh, Register Sausage, all different the variety pack. So you can't go wrong. 
I, I screwed up by not pulling up the variety pack and having that ready to go to start the show. And you can hear why I host the show, why I drive the show. And I, and, you know, and I apologize to Ira for that. He this has like, I've got a role, and I just failed my role, so Ira had to step in there, and I put him in an awkward spot. I think it's it's evident to everybody listening. You yeah. really should be. You should be as the quarterback. You should be putting us in positions to succeed. But that's I, not what happened today. All he did was say, "Yay, sausage." <laughs> that was it. That was. That's not cutting it, my man. That's well, not cutting I, it. I'm capable of more, but you always interrupt to talk about the Andouille. And I just knew I was like, I'll let Corey Prado on like he wants to do for two two minutes anyhow. That's probably do, next week. Can we just say we're not going to say yay sausage? You're going to go. Like you're going to run through it. It's the beginning of every broadcast. I do it sometimes <laughs> on my own. Just to say you it. do. You do it when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> yay so, sausage. As we established, it's like a five hundred dollar value, uh, which maybe not not accurate, but it's a it's a high value for sixty four ninety nine. You can get it two day shipping. Register order at registermeats.com. And uh, it's awesome. And then just order just a bunch of other sausage as well. You can't you can't I, have enough sausage for the holidays. I I didn't want to uh, lie or mislead um, you know to our listeners. I didn't want to mislead them, so I looked it up. It's not five hundred dollars. You're right. Four hundred eighty-six dollars and fifty-two cents. That's what it is. <laughs> On yeah, I did it. I did the math. Yeah, four eighty-six fifty-two. It's unreal, unbelievable what you're getting there. You so, can't afford. Right you can't afford not to buy it. No, you got to kind of do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no sense. We've really incentivized it. They've really incentivized it. It's unreal. Uh, okay, so this has been a rare, tremendous week for Florida State. Uh, now again, and I talked about this yesterday on the show. Obviously, we're we're all. Uh, very sensitive uh, to the nature of uh, Saturday's victory over Florida. It felt hollow uh, as we continue to, to root for Keontae Johnson. But um, they did play the rest of that game, and Florida State did win it. Florida State won their football game. And then we get the news of McKenzie Milton. There's a basketball game tonight that we're all excited about. So it's it's a good run here if you're a Knoll in a year in which there have been very few good runs. And that is reason to celebrate. Do we want to start with the football game? Why don't we start with the football game? Uh, Ira, you and I talked about it yesterday. So, Corey, I'll let you lead. Uh, it's pretty obvious that the offense looked good against the listless Duke team. Uh, the defense did what it does, which is look really bad for stretches. But... Uh, did enough in the second half to kind of retake the momentum after squandering it uh, early on. So your thoughts? I mean, I didn't have a ton of them. Uh, yeah, it just, you know, Duke had given up 56, 56, and 48 points their last three games. So and 56 more on Saturday. And then 56 man. more to, to Florida State. I did like the way Travis played. I think Toa Feely, again, uh, show, shows you something. There's something there. As we've talked about, uh, Corbin. Looks like a different dude than he was in September. Uh, he's a guy that just gets you tough yards, man. That's a he's a valuable guy to have on this team uh, moving forward. Um, I, you know, what did you see from the wide receivers? Nothing. You know, Jakai Douglas maybe, but I mean, he's wide open there on that play. Um, I, I just thought uh, the the thing that that I liked the most was the way, and we've talked to, or I wrote about it, and then they've talked about it the last couple of press conferences. The way the team reacted to Trayshawn Ward. I thought was really cool. The way the team reacted to Hampson's interception, I thought was really cool. It kind of showed a selfless spirit that made, you know, how excited other guys were for a, another player is something you don't see a ton of with this football team. And you saw it on Saturday. But other than that, yeah, I mean, the defense had some nice moments at times. They started off the game really well. And then uh, they knocked out the quarterback, who, by the way, transferred. Did y'all see that? He's in the transfer portal again. Again. Chase Bryce. He's uh, 
He is, man. He can't. Yeah, he just can't find his footing. Soul, yeah. Um, but but overall, yeah, it was a good win, man. And it's good to. Uh, uh, I mean, a good win. I might be o- overstating it, but hey, any buddy, win for this have, program. Yeah, when you have three wins on the season, it's a good win. Yeah, and putting uh, up fifty six is a is, is, and stepping on their throat in the second half when you when you had the chance after what happened in the first half when they came back. Yeah, overall, you you, you should be you know relatively uh, happy with that. One one takeaway I had on defense was. You know, and we noticed this early. You know, with Hampson Nasraldine out there, everybody's compared this defense to last year and said, "Okay, well, Harlan Barnett's defense stunk, and this is worse." Well, Hampson Nasraldine, Harlan Barnett had Hampson Nasraldine, and he had a Hampson Nasraldine racking up 100 tackles in 11 games last year and 90 something tackles the year before, and that Adam Fuller didn't have that. So now I'm not saying that Adam Fuller is the answer and is going to put together great defenses here, but that's a big difference of, of all those guys that are not playing right now, Marvin Wilson, Corey Durden, uh, that have let Asante Samuel this past game, you know, Hamza Nashville Dean's I think has been the best player on that defense the last three years. And you didn't have him all season and you saw the impact he had in that game, not the interception, but the way he blows up plays. I mean, he is a physical oh, yeah. force and sets the edge and they haven't had that. And, and if you have that, then not only does he make plays, but he lets other guys make plays because he's the guy that forces the issue. Um, so that that was a big takeaway. Now it doesn't matter for next season because he won't be here. But it's uh, but it's still I think it, it explains a little bit of the the struggles they had on defense this year. Well, suffice to say that we go into next year uh, with two eyes firmly focused on Adam Fuller and the job he will or will not do. And and you know he gets a bit of a pass this year. I think one of the takeaways from a bitterly disappointing. COVID ravaged season is that uh, there's still a lot of hope for people regarding this offense. And and there's a lot of faith that that will be good eventually because we saw glimpses of it. Uh, We, Corey, to your point, clearly the guys out there playing football right now have been willing to sacrifice to a greater degree than most and are dedicated and bought in. And you see that with their reaction to towards each other's success in that game. So that's exciting. Maybe he successfully gutted the locker room and removed or asked to leave, or though he chose to leave the people that uh, were, were not uh, positive influences on this team. So some things have been accomplished, but we will go into next season looking at Adam Fuller with a John Desai. Uh, He's done nothing to assure Florida State fans that he knows what he's doing. I'm sure he does. I'm not saying he doesn't, but there's no evidence that he knows what he's doing. And next year, people are going to be watching very, very closely. It is my hope that with a different locker room and a normal offseason in which you can have a spring and you can have a summer and you can work out together and you can get stronger and grow together and you can have normal install, we will see a huge leap forward and it's entirely possible that we will. But I know people will be skeptical until they see it. Well, some people aren't going to want to see it. Some people are going to want to change now. Um, And and I'm not saying that's going to happen or should happen, but uh, some people aren't even good. You're you're saying people are going to be doing the two fingers to two eyes. Some people aren't even going to be doing that. They they've decided that he's not the answer. Um, and you know, look, I mean, the reality is you're only as good a coach as you get your players to play. And so you can know everything in the world. If you can't communicate it, if you can't get them to buy in, then it doesn't matter. Now, one thing I think in his favor in this whole coaching staff's favor is a lot of those dudes are gone now for better or worse. You lost a lot of talent, um, through through transfer this this season. I mean, you're not you're not going to find for whatever you want to think about Marvin Wilson and Corey Durden, 
uh, and some of those guys, you're not going to replace them with what they can recruit right now at that level of talent in terms of size, strength, speed. Um, so, so you're going to be, you're losing some of that, but you would like to think that the guys in that locker room going into the next season are going to be guys that want to be, that want to be there and are going to listen to the message. Now, if they don't perform now, you know what you got to do. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't, what, what do you guys think? And we'll get to McKenzie Milton, obviously, in a second. But Corey Durden transferring to NC State, what, what is that about? I, I think my impression is, from what I've heard from some people, not directly or anything, but that, that he might have thought he was going to Gainesville. He's from Newberry. He's from outside of Gainesville. That he might have thought that UF might have been uh, the, the option. And there were a lot of people saying that he wanted to go back home. He wanted to go to Gainesville. And that didn't work out. So now it's okay. Where am I going to go? So... NC State it is. So he got in the portal without having like an official like invite? Uh, that happens every day, but yeah. yeah. I mean, right. you know, you can't – or technically, you can't talk technically, to anybody. Well, yeah, but we all know it happens. Sure. Yeah. I just I, – you know, it's just – that's a that's to me, that's – that's LaDamian Webb is like, okay, he didn't transfer to North Carolina. He transferred to go back home. And I don't – you know, I, that, I hope it works out for him. But I don't feel like Florida State fans can be upset at Norvell – for losing LaDamian Webb to Troy. It's not like it was – because obviously it's not a football decision, or it shouldn't be. That doesn't make any sense. He's not, um, saying, he was, he's not saying you're not good enough for me. I'm going to go to Troy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 so he wanted to go back home. So uh, fine, uh, or near home. But then Durden leaving for another program in your conference. I, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, that just that, – that's a, that's a bizarre thing to do when you have – why did he cash in his chips this season and quit on the team to go play at NC State? That's just a bizarre. And I know you're saying maybe he thought he was going to go play at Florida, but I don't know, man. That was that's 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 a, rubs clearly, me the wrong way. There was a disconnect. I mean, he is clearly yeah. not nearly as close to say Odell or whomever else uh, that we would have liked to have seen. I, I don't. It, it's that seems like a relationship that soured for whatever reason um, because you well, wouldn't. And also, I mean the the the. One of the things that resonates with fans and media is when Mike Norvell says that I tell kids this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done, and we're going to hold you to this high, incredibly high standard, and we're going to uh, expect the world from you, and all you know that's, and we're going to push you in every aspect of your life, whether it's academics, whether it's off the field, whether it's community service, all those things. That sounds so good to fans. It sounds so good to the media. It sounds good to a lot of players who probably aren't five-star superstar kind of guys. I don't, you know, I don't know that it's going to work with everybody. And, and I'm not saying that's a judgment on Corey Durden. That's going to be something we have to watch with this program with Mike Norvell is what worked at Memphis. What worked for him with that level of athlete may be a tougher sell sell at a school like Florida state. We'll have to see. It's like I used to back when, when Jim Grobe was killing it at Wake Forest, and everybody's like, oh, he should go to Nebraska because he had that offer. He should go to Florida, wherever. You don't know if what works at, a, at that level is going to necessarily work. At a, and so we'll have to see that. But but all the superstars have left. 
Clearly what worked for Scott Frost at UCF is not working at Nebraska, Ira, to your point. So. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So let's talk about Mackenzie Milton. He commits, I think, it sounded like a pipe dream originally when we heard the name Mackenzie Milton. Sure, he's a kid right over there at UCF who we saw lighted up. The numbers are astronomical in his time as a starter. Corey, I know you documented it on warchant.com. People can go read that column. Uh, but it didn't seem reasonable to me to expect that he would commit to Florida State. I just figured that if he had a place to a place to go, a chance to go somewhere and start right away, he'd go somewhere that had an established offensive line with receivers that actually show up on Saturdays and a chance to win a conference title, uh, if not a national championship run. So Florida State to me seemed probably off the table. And for those reasons, I say this is a huge get for Mike Norvell because he had to convince him to come to Florida State, I understand it sounds like he's been a fan of the Garnet and Gold for some time, but boy, oh boy, he, he I imagine, had better options, at least in terms of productivity on the field the last four years, than Florida State, and yet he chose Florida State. That's a hell of a sell from Mike Norvell. Yeah, don't you think that's encouraging? Like, you obviously you know why Norvell's interested in him. He sure. played against him three times, and he put up a, 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns against him and beat him in that 62-55 championship game. But um, the fact that there's interest the other way should be encouraging for Florida State fans. Like, you know, this guy played against them three times. He knows what – he remembers that offense. He remembers playing against those teams. And uh, for him to say, yeah, I want to go play for that guy because I remember him. And, you know, maybe he was a big fan of Florida State growing up. All the way in Hawaii, I don't know if you knew that, but Mackenzie Milton. He's uh, from Hawaii? He's what? born in Hawaii, yeah, Hawaii oh. native. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, wh- whatever the reason, the fact that, yeah, uh, that, that he, he's willing to go to a team that was, that's three and six when he commits to him and is whatever over the last three years, I do, I do think says a lot about, um, how much he believes in Norvell and that he does think that they have a chance to be, I don't know, better, maybe a winning team next well, year. Well, he wants to be part of that turnaround. It sounds like he's a kid who has a pretty good grasp of the situation. Uh, he's not going to say publicly, look, I know we're not competing for the ACC title, but he, he clearly would, would understand that by just taking a look around at what's happened this year and what's transpired with this roster. But it, it seems to me that that form of leadership that he seems to exude is real. Because that's why you would take this opportunity, A, to play for the Garden Gold. You want to wear the spear. You want to be able to say you played at Florida State. B, you really like Mike Norvell's offense or reverse the order if you want to. And C, you want to be part of something that, you know, you stamp uh, that, that is the uh, impetus for a turnaround. That's really cool. That, that would be a legacy. Uh, that, would, that would be an impact um, beyond going somewhere that, uh, you know, they're in the running to win a division title. He has to, he has to help lead the way to the path back to, to winning again. Uh, that's exciting to me. Well, man, for Mike Norvell, it's, it literally has to be like Christmas because yeah. he couldn't have asked for a better situation. Literally, I, it, it, assuming that Mackenzie Milton can play, that he's physically able to play, which it sounds like he is, he was clear to practice at, at Central Florida, then you're getting a guy who can throw it as well as anybody in the country. And probably more importantly, he's going to walk into your locker room. He's an alpha dog. He's the guy that's going to run the show he hold, he's going to work at a level and it hold himself to a level in terms of accountability, how he approaches every workout, every practice, every team meeting, 
now you have that guy. Like you have that guy that everybody else can follow. Man, that's huge. I mean, it's coaches can say it from day till from today till tomorrow till next year. But until you have a, a badass player in your locker room, because it can't just be anybody preaching. It's got to be the badass. If you've got him, and especially that position, leading in that way, I mean, Mike Norvell could not have asked for anything anything better. I mean, I, I don't know how much syrup he had to come with come up with, Jeff, <laughs> but those pancakes had to be lathered in syrup because well, he really couldn't have asked for anything better. Uh, he couldn't have, and and now we'll see if that is something that influences uh, some other high-profile uh, athletes from other schools looking in the transfer portal. Uh, does it influence perhaps some high schoolers? I don't know. We'll see. Um, this is the week. Uh, obviously, it's the time to go to warchant.com and check out the names that Michael Langston's rolling out there and, and look at, you know, how that might influence or serve to influence uh, some of these kids that were borderline. I know there are four or five pretty decent sized names of people that yeah, looked like 50, 50 to Florida state. Hopefully this impacts that in, the, in a positive way. I would think it's going to, at least with a couple of these kids. Yeah. I mean, I think- his name, his name resonates, right? This isn't Alex Hornibrook who like, you know, I know he won some games at Wisconsin, a good number of games, but it's because he was handing off. This is a guy that won 23 games in a row until getting injured. He, the last 23 games he started, they won. And now, and everybody on that Florida State roster knows his name and knows what he's done. Everybody on other rosters around the country know his name. So if you're a wide receiver, and you guys know I'm a fan of Jordan Travis. Like, I think Jordan Travis has a chance to be something really good in a, in a year or two. Um, if you, But I don't know that he's going to be the guy that gets wide receivers from across the country to say, I want to go play for Florida State for one year. If there's two or three transfer portal wide receivers, I'm not talking about high school kids, although maybe there's one out there that they can still get that's a big time player that could play next year. But a guy that's proven it at this level that wants to go, that's looking for a new situation, man, McKenzie Milton's real appealing. All you got to do is put on that tape. Jordan Travis is is a is a good quarterback in what he does. I don't know if you watch that game on Saturday. I don't think if you're a wide receiver, you go, yeah, I want to go play in that offense. If you're a wide receiver and you pop on the Central Florida film from 17 or 18, you're like, yeah, I want to go play with that dude. He, he, I mean, he's got some Mahomes in him. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Nobody is. Nobody ever has been. But his arm slot, the way he takes shots downfield, the way he'll roll right and throw it over a linebacker, like drop it in a bucket, he makes some incredible throws. Uh, and he can move if he can still move. We'll see. I mean, that was a big time surgery and in, a big time injury. Probably a big time surgery too. Might have had a great, might have had a great multiple, surgeon. multiple. You think, you think the surgeons were chest bumping afterwards? Yeah. That's about big time. time that that's was? that's yeah. big time stuff. Yeah. That's what I. That's just what I do. And he th- he throws yeah. the scalpel on the floor. Yeah. But when you guys go watch his highlight films, it's it's pretty remarkable the throws he's making. Like I didn't watch a ton of Central Florida when he was there. I got kind of sick of the story. Actually, yeah, frankly, it was annoying. Right. Yeah. yeah. But man, he makes some plays. He makes some plays. Well, when you look at uh, the scouting report on him, certainly he's not a big kid. He's five eleven. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna wow you with uh, those particulars. But his release is phenomenal, and it's quick. 
And yeah. that, that was noted by everybody who scouted him and talked about what he could be at the next level. I remember there were questions about his size, of course. There were not questions about his athleticism. But the number one thing that people heralded was that he had an NFL release. And it was quick. And it was, you know, I mean, when he finds his guy, he puts it on him. So that's exciting. We don't really have um, in this group a great passer. Uh, and so McKenzie Milton was needed. I, I think uh, that'll be a fun competition. And it'll be. I, I love his attitude already, his quotes in the release that Florida State put out yesterday about uh, – you know, holding each other accountable and, and not assuming anything. I mean, he's already talking the right way and, and saying the right things that reveals leadership. It's let's see if this now allows them to get some kids because this class right now is not impressive. And you've got to find a way to jazz this up a little bit. Hopefully we get some better answers today. Maybe the Seminole Headlines curse, or in this case, blessing, will uh, will come into play today. By the time people hear this, there's like two or three new names that have said yes because uh, of the McKenzie Milton news yesterday. The thing about, like you said, you know, he's saying all the right things. What's cool about him, and I think what he brings, again, from the intangible standpoint, is uh, apparently, like, that's part of why everybody loved him down there. Like, it's not just that he made great plays. Like, some uh, a UCF fan, this is how much people there like him. A UCF fan signed up for Warchant, like, subscribed to Warchant, just to post on our message boards to tell FSU fans what they were getting. And he's like, look, he's basically Johnny Manziel, but a good guy. Like he's, he's, he, he does all the right things. He says all the right things. Like the video that they put out a couple, a week or two ago, or like his last week when announcing he was going to leave UCF. I don't know if people watch that video. If you haven't go back and watch it, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's basically just him talking to the camera about his journey, about what UCF meant to him and about his injury coming back from the injury and why he's leaving. And the whole reason he's leaving is because the backup quarterback was his friend from high school and he, he, he wants it to be his team now. And he's like, he's like, Dylan Gabriel's done enough for this school that he shouldn't have to fight me off. Like I'm healthy now. I'm going to go into camp. I want to win a job. That guy shouldn't have to fight me off at this point. He's it's his team now. And talking to a friend of mine who worked at UCF, he said that whole thing was his idea. Like he came to them and said, he went to the coaching staff and said, Hey, this is what I want to do. Can I deliver a message? And, you know, he's a special kid. So if he's anything close to the player he was, then it's off the charts. But even just having that kind of guy in the program with the, the video that they can put up, because like you said, in recruiting and, and with the current players, even the ones that didn't watch UCF, maybe some of these FSU guys were sick of the UCF story, but pop it, pop in some of those clips, you know, but, but, you know, they're going to recognize that this is a guy who knows what he's doing. Yeah, game recognizes game. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Circle back real quick on the McKenzie Milton thing before moving forward here on Seminole Headlines. I, I think we've heard so much about the need to flip the culture. And Ira, to your point at the end of the last segment there, you know, this to me, like, look, you got to get good players. You got to win games. Winning games helps flip a culture. Uh, winning games helps change attitudes. Winning games makes people excited to show up for work and, and, and do their job uh, and, and play the game. But if you're going to if you're going to have great leadership and you're going to change the culture, it's kids like this that can help you get there, can bridge the gap while you're working to get that done. And so what they added yesterday was a talented passer, a talented quarterback, immediately elevates that segment group well beyond where it was. 
and gives you a chance now to have some semblance of a consistent passing game, presuming he wins the job, and I think he will. Um, but also, that leadership begins to, you know, Norvell can use him to help, again, change those mentality, that mentality in that locker room. And, and it is just a short period of time, but boy, it couldn't have happened at a better position. Goodness gracious. I mean, it, it is the most important position in football. Well, Corey, look the, Corey, what do you think about this offense? Okay. So we know what the offensive line is and they may get, maybe they'll get one or two transfers in to help the offensive line. You know what these running backs look like in Corbin and Tofili and, and whatever else they can bring in. If you've got a really, if you've got a, an A quarterback, which he might be, then really all you're missing is receivers, which is, you know, you got to get them. But if you've got that, this offense, I mean, you'd be excited about this offense, right? Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I, if Jordan Travis was healthy, I'd be excited about the offense either way for a different reason. But I think with somebody like Milton, yeah, they need some receivers. They need some better receivers. They need to improve that spot. Um, but also when you have a quarterback like that, he makes receivers look better than they are too. Like right. if you get it out on time and I remember this going way back to, uh, uh, and I've said this before, but like the Michael Vick, uh, Matt Ryan transition in Atlanta, people hated Roddy white, hated him. Like what we spent a first round draft pick on this guy. He never gets old. He never makes any plays. And it's like, well, he might be open coming out of a break, but Michael Vick's not seeing it right away. If you have a guy that sees it right away, all of a sudden Kenny Shaw turns into a thousand yard receiver. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden Kelvin Benjamin turns into a first round pick. Things like that can happen when you have a guy like that uh, slinging it. So, uh, I, I, you know, but that's not to say that these receivers have been let down by Jordan Travis. In fact, I think it's the other way around. But still, um, I do think that he will improve everybody's play in, in the offense. And he will be challenged by Jordan Travis. I, Jordan Travis isn't going to be like, here, here's your job. Jordan Travis thinks he should be the starter, and he should. So it'll be a good competition. Maybe Chubba does too. Uh, it should be a really good competition. I think there's excitement on the horizon, guys. Hey, speaking of horizons. What about that, Jeff? Did you do- man, I was Jeff, wondering you just- how we were going to do it. I was going to try to segue it in. I thought, how am I going to work this in? What can we say? And then Corey grabbed the bull by the horns. That's what he does. Go for it, baby. That was, that was, like, a, that was like a lifetime 220 hitter. Jack and yeah. Jack and with, with yeah. like six career home runs. Hey, he ran in the into ALS. One. He just... ran into one. <laughs> and I pimped it too. I yeah. pimped it. Spin the bat, big dog. Yeah, I knew. Well, look, I just wanted to say, yay, Horizons. It's <laughs> good. Good. See, you can. You, it doesn't ring. It doesn't work as well. No, it doesn't. You do it a lot better. You know, but yay Horizons sausage really works. You're right. You're, yeah, yay sausage works a lot better than yay horizons. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, Ira will talk about it too. Uh, Jeff, you'll be over there soon, I'm sure. But I'll horizons, there, I'm gonna be over there today. I hope they're listening. I will You're be coming. there today, and I'm not even kidding. It's right by my house. This is a much better location than Spirit. Much better location. It is a superior location for all involved. It is in a beautiful part of town. Boy, I can't wait. Bannerman Road, uh, Horizons Bar and Grill. Uh, Stephanie and Ira and I went there yesterday for their grand opening. Um, and uh, not, e- we- not even a text. Not even. Hey, no, you were on the air. You were doing the show. You were on the air. It was early. Four thirty. Yeah. So we, but we sat outside on their cool couches. They have a couple of couches. Like you can, oh, it's like man. you're the gang at friends. And then uh, they have tables outside, a couple of couches. The inside spaced out. It's a beautiful space. It's a lot nice. And I, the Spirit was a nice building. It's a nice restaurant. Yeah, it's been there forever, sure. But this place is. A, they did a really remarkable job inside with that place. Uh, and yeah, so we got 
I ordered the mac and cheese bites, and Jeff, you're not going to believe it, but they're actually better than they were. Not possible. It, not I'm possible. telling you, they've done something to them. They deep fry them a little bit more or something, but they were really good. They add even more cheese? More mac and cheese. Yeah, and they fried it. It's a little crispier. Man, that was good stuff. And, and, and more love. A lot but, more love, yeah. So you think, can we, can we, if Mike and Kyle are listening, could they, can we make those our couches and just like whenever we show up, they have to kick people out and let us sit there? Probably. Uh, yeah, they're the VIP make, couches. They're the headlines couches. But they frown if if early on in their opening here, I were to make out with my wife on one of the couches <laughs> there just to kind of break it in. Just lay down on the couch. and like, I mean, well, not, yeah. you're not going at it. No, but, but you're we're, just, you know. You're caressing. Yeah. No, I. in fact, Mike told me that yesterday. Like, okay, when is good. Jeff and his wife, go, when are Jeff and Christy going to stop by? Well, pretty soon. Very soon. <laughs> Great, we'll man. Look for it. So, yeah, we're going to get after it. But yeah, Bannerman Road, uh, Horizons well, Bar and Grill. It's Bannerman Crossing is the uh, development it's in. Yeah. And uh, up on the you know, north side of town and northeast side of town. And uh, they've got heaters because it's a little chilly outside. So they've got heaters they'll bring out to your table. So if you're and, soft, uh, they've got you covered. That was Corey. Corey was snuggling with the heater. Yeah, I had it up on the table, blowing right into my face, and it was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it was fifty-nine degrees. Who's got time for that? Well, there you go. So we're excited to bring them back on, and and, and those guys, Mike, Kyle, thank you, congratulations, and I will I will be stopping by very very soon. I think today, literally, yes, I will be swinging by. So I'm looking forward to. It. And on that note, you were pointing to there are good things on the horizon. That's what yesterday represented. That's what the weekend represented for Florida State. A little bit of hope. Uh, and there hasn't yeah. been a lot. And we knew coming into the basketball season uh, that we were excited to see what this team was. We were excited to see what Scotty Barnes could be. We were excited to see how this would play out, especially since they didn't have their normal tune-ups. And they were going to immediately have to really kind of jump into it with the Indiana and the Florida games. Um, and so, listen, th th this game – it is weird to talk about. It, it, it's marred by a tragic event, and we understand that. But they did finish the game, and there were elements of the game that I think rightfully excited Florida State fans. And let's just start with the obvious here. Scotty Barnes, what in the world are we about to witness? I mean, that was ridiculous. That is a guy that has not only immense confidence, but a whole lot of what for and gets you some to his game. He's mean. He's yeah. mean in addition to being really, really freakish. So this is unlike any kind of player we've ever had here. Florida State, we've never seen this. This is this is the one this is the true one and done. I was yeah. well, and I was impressed by because he they were challenging him early. Like Florida was going at him. Yes. And they were jawing. And I was wondering to see, I was curious how he was going to handle it. Because some of those guys of Florida were highly recruited too, and yes. are sophomores, juniors, older dudes. And they were, it was like watching, you know, like, you know, a bunch of, you know, kids or, you know, people just like asserting their dominance in a group. And he, I was curious how he'd handle it. And man, alive. Well, the way uh, he handled it was to dunk on their face. It was, <laughs> it was, it was ruthless. Yeah, that was, he, and he tried it early on. And he, uh, I think they called a foul, but he, he hit it off the back rim uh, over their big kid. And then uh, the guy he got, uh, yeah, the guy he got later in the game, one of them. But, uh, yeah, man, he's just got an aggressive nature to him that, like, 
The Indiana, man, Indiana's good at defense. I don't know where that came from, but now looking back on it, and I heard another podcast talking, a uh, basketball podcast, college basketball podcast, saying, yeah, I believe in Indiana's defense. Like, they're, they're, they're good and quick, and that was a tough challenge for him, even though he's bigger than those guys. I wonder, though, and yeah, he's got – to me, what's most impressive with him, and it's not the free throw shooting – my man's four of thirteen. That, look, and that that is a problem. If he if are you going to even have him on the court late in games? Because that's like having um, I don't even know. I don't even know who that that's like having out there. Uh, yeah. Well, I was thinking of a Florida State player that had, they can't couldn't shoot free throws, and none were coming to my mind right away Early. for some reason. Yeah. Early on, but, Ojo. But yeah. yeah, or yeah, like the first three years, Ojo. But like, yeah, late in games, if you're up by four points, they're going to start fouling you, man. If you can't make your free throws, so get that squared away because you're going to be shooting a lot of them when you when you attack the rim like that. But he he does he hasn't turned the ball over much either. He's a six nine point guard, never really played the position, certainly not at this level against this kind of competition. And I think he's averaging like two turnovers a game. He's got like a two and a half assist to turnover ratio, a two and a half to one, which at this level right now, three to one maybe is really good. Uh, everything he does is is impressive. Uh, you know, he's shown that he can shoot a little bit. He's made a couple threes. Uh, they didn't look fluky. They were they were nice shots. I don't know, man. I, and they also represent a mentality, Corey, because when he made those threes, and especially the yeah. Indiana game, I mean, there's a whole. This is all about who he is mentally. I mean, that is an alpha through and through. That is an you know a, a screw you mindset, and it's unbelievable to have that much confidence. I don't care how good you are when you enter into big time college basketball, and you've only ever played three games in big time college basketball to have the moxie to take that shot and to do the things he's doing. I can't imagine where he's going to be seven games from now, eight yeah. games from now. Yeah, I, I mean, think, he's picking up on things pretty damn quick. Yeah. I mean, think about the fact that in game one, it's like, okay, the defense. And then in game two, he gets the game winning shot in overtime in game three, just asserts his dominance uh, yeah. on a, on a really good Florida team. Um, not just, you know, skill wise, but physically, um, and then got some nice dance moves as well. So, you know, what are you going to do? It's got yeah. a, it's, it's a total Tom package. I was talking about that yesterday. My man, the ball <laughs> has been inbounded. I'm going to need you to get back. You cannot keep dancing on the baseline after they're halfway up the floor. I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was odd. I wonder what, 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 how many times did Leonard just stop the film? Like when they're yeah. watching it and say, yeah. man, what, what the, what the blank is this? Yeah. Or did they all laugh? Like, I, who knows? He had just dunked on a guy's head, so he had a he had a right to be a uh, happy. But yeah, maybe maybe dance going back to the huddle after the timeout or something. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta get get a hold of your emotions. I know you're awfully young and you're sure. making big time plays and big moments of games, and it's all fun and games. But know the moment, know the time, know the situation. So get back that, on defense. What what I what I, you, I and I'm look I'm not comparing him to this person just like I'm not comparing Mackenzie Milton to, to Patrick Mahomes, um, but he's got some LeBron in his game, the way he sees the floor. He's not obviously as thick as LeBron was even at 18. He's not quite who is. He's not quite the athlete that LeBron James is. Oh no! What? <laughs> That's what an awful thing to say about someone. But he made a pass. It might have been to Wilkes. I don't remember. The top of the right wing. I don't even think he was looking at him. Just a do-hand overhead pass to Wilkes in the corner or somebody in the corner. Maybe it was Polite who made the three. It was Polite. Um, just a pass that most people can't make. They can't see over the defense. They yeah. don't have that basketball uh, awareness or IQ. 
he he makes the spectacular plays, but he also makes those types of plays. And he makes he just he understands it. He makes them look pedestrian too. It looks so easy to yeah. him. The game looks so easy to him. He's well, that, for a guy that size. His, his you know his feet are quick. His vision is sound. He uh, there's nothing right now to dislike except for the free throws. And then we're being nitpicky because if he's going to do all these other things that well, three games into his college career, we'll live with the free throws for now. Come back, wrap up the hour momentarily. Hold tight. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. As we do wrap up the hour, and it's a quick segment here, we, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention I really, really like, and we've seen it every year he's been on the team, but I've seen it uh, another big leap forward in just three games so far this year, and I think it's going to be the impetus for uh, this team getting to where they want to go. MJ Walker, man, holy moly, does he let the game come to him in a way that is so learned, so relaxed. All that experience is on display, like – this just the fluidity of his movements, the understanding of situation, um, going to the basket time and again, not settling for shots. And then his dunk was perhaps more spectacular. That came to me out of nowhere. I know he's got hops. I know he's an athlete. But that there was a nastiness to that. And, uh, you know, the what for we talked about going into the season that would be unlike any other Florida State team we had seen is on display all the time right now with this group. Yeah, MJ – it's you know it's it's going to be fun to watch him this year because yes, that also the you know the ability to get to the basket we've always known he could get into the lane and he's become a really good finisher but he's knocking down threes when he's when he squares up and mm-hmm. steps into a three i mean it's the bottom of the net and, and and in some big situations and so you add that with these other pieces and to the point you were making earlier you know we're three games in so think about the growth of this team as you get through you know, into January and then into February. Um, and it's, uh, it's, you know, I, I can only imagine how excited Leonard Hamilton and the staff are from the standpoint of, you know, it, this is like one of those things that like, like let's, let's make sure we don't mess this up. Cause you're not going to have many opportunities to have a Scotty Barnes Ooh. and just all these other pieces together. I mean, it's, they, they, they really could have something special. It's the same thing as it was last year, right? Like you have a mix of an incredible young player. And I mean, they're different players, but you had Patrick Williams and Devin Vassell sprinkled with a lot of veteran leadership and a lot of guys that have proven at this level. Yeah. I think MJ's taking a step, man. I, I, I can't Anthony polite, man. I, I wrote, I watched them scrimmage last year. Um, and I remember writing him and Wilkes, by the way, I just don't know if these guys belong at this level. Like at least polite could play defense. Like polite could be, it was, it was long and could play defense, but on offense, he just didn't. And this was a scrimmage I watched on top of the last years that I'd seen him play. And I'm like, what? I just don't understand. I don't see it with him. And now he's a legitimate ACC player in a good one. He's taken another, he, it looks like he's taken a step. And yeah. then Raekwon gray, man, Raekwon gray is going to be the unsung hero of this team all throughout the season. That guy, he'll give you eight points, eight rebounds, Two blocks, two steals, three assists. Like he's going to be doing that all all season. He just does all the little things, and he's really good defensively with his hands. And just yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to like. They need some more bench production, but we're three games into the season. I think that'll come. I think with Calhoun, Calhoun, I think they envision being the guy that comes off the bench to score a lot. He can be their Patrick Williams or their Fiondu Cabangeli, not to that extent, 
He's not going to be a first-round pick probably next year, but he's the guy I think they envision being their uh, spark coming off the bench. Well, you need to get him, you know, five to seven looks from three every game. Let him. Let yeah. him. I love his form. Those shots will go in as he gains confidence. He'll start hitting those more frequently, and you know, it's an instant heat check when he comes off the bench. What yeah. do you got? Do you have it today? Do you have it today? All right, if you do, you can ride the hell out of that. You yeah, know? he's Don't he's an athletic. Him. He's a much more athletic PJ Savoy. Right. And that, that's how you can use him. But he also, I mean, he's a guy I think that's an NBA player once he – but you can see it even in the Florida game. He had a breakaway, and he got so excited he fumbled the ball and yeah, yeah. it flew off the backboard. Like, he's just got to calm down and get comfortable. Maybe we'll see that tonight. He'll have a, he'll have a nice game tonight. Time to get to uh, headliner questions. We'll do it next. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. 